one of the eyewitnesses described the plane as saying it didn't look like it belonged in the area. Well, it's about to crash into the Twin Towers. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, course yeah. it didn't fucking belong there. Yeah, it's not yeah. the fucking Sesame Street, is it? <laughs> yeah, I did think like, oh, it's one of those planes that doesn't look like it belongs on the 99th floor of an <laughs> yeah, office block. Right. It's one of those rare planes, yeah. yeah. It's not a reasonable place to park. <laughs> <laughs> There's no monkey climbing up that thing or anything. <laughs> Gets out of the elevator on the 99th floor, sees the plane next to him. That's weird. <laughs> God awful. Movie, movie, movie. Welcome back to the Gamcast live from Conway Hall in beautiful London, England. <laughs> We got French folks. It's amazing. All right. And of course, this is the show where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because at this point, Americans should always be doing penance. I'm your host, No Illusions. And joining me from stage left. Nope. I'm sorry. Joining me from stage right. Please welcome my good friend, Heath Enright. Wait, you sent a Scotsman out for scotch. I sent a Scotsman out for scotch. And he brought you this? It's blended scotch whiskey. Beggars can't be choosers, I'm very excited about it. And also joining us today, we've got two special guest masochists from the Be Reasonable podcast and the Fort Yearly Incredulous podcast. Please welcome Michael Marshall and Andy Wilson. You guys aren't paying for homeopathy because of this guy, by the way. This guy right here. And this guy, before he even made it on the stage, I was already making fun of his uh, release schedule. So, you're welcome. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Hello. All right. And uh, hopefully wearing clothes... And joining us last, because I only get to have normal blood pressure when he's not on stage yet, is my bad friend. Please welcome Eli Bosnick. Hey, so... What do you got going there? For the listeners at home, Eli has come out covered entirely in tinfoil. Are you... uh, Trying to block messages? I'm building seven. Oh, jeez. Because I fall down for no reason. Are there clothes under that tinfoil? Yes. Could, could you lose the tinfoil? I feel like you're going to be a little rattly on the... Uh, oh, Jesus. It's just not a live show till you see Eli's ass, is it? God, where's my nanothermite when I need it? All right, so while he is detinfoiling with a live microphone in his hand, <laughs> tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right, we watched Loose Change. Yeah. 
Yeah, not a big fan of loose change, nobody? All right. Well, it's the story of what really happened on 9-11. There he is. And uh, spoiler, much like that whole crucifixion thing, uh, the Jews did it. <laughs> so we'll get there. And apparently they were helped out by Wiley Coyote, according to <laughs> the theories that will be presented in this movie. All right, and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you know the model number of the XJ-47 responder in an airplane's black box, but not which direction gravity goes, <laughs> you will love this movie. This is the movie version of knowing an advanced chess opening when you're playing Connect Four. <laughs> I don't care where you put the night, man. You're not playing Connect Four. <laughs> Russian? You said it's Russian? No. All right, and so, Marsh, Andy, I, I, I can't believe you guys are still friends with us. Um, and I have to know, did you, did, did either of you watch this movie before or, like, as part of your skeptical stuff, or did we pop your cherries? Well, if you mean by popping cherries, the cherry is my happiness, savoir-faire, faith in documentary making, ability to function <laughs> as a human being, ability to suspend reality and willingness to participate in future episodes of God-awful movies. Yeah. <laughs> My cherry is popped. Also, for the record, it's 11-9. When, when we had... Yeah. 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 At least when we had a major terrorist incident in London, we had the good grace to make it universal by having it on 7-7. Oh, God. So. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy, then. Let's you make England again. great again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So I, I think this is the first time I've ever actually watched Loose Change all the way through, but I'm pretty sure I've had every single point in Loose Change uh, said to me during an interview on Be Reasonable at one point or another. So I feel like I've had it kind of indirectly. Uh, I actually tried to interview Dylan Avery, the guy who made Loose Change in 2010, but unfortunately he apparently wasn't in the right mindset to talk about it anymore. Because yeah. he was concentrating on his feature film career. So uh, yeah. we all know how that went. Yeah, Dylan Avery, who had the sense to uh, eventually renounce this movie, but still sells it for three and a half bucks on uh, YouTube. Um, now, we should be clear, because I know a lot of people like to watch the movies along with us. There are about 80 versions of this movie, okay? Because apparently there was a level of wrong that they weren't willing to be that was beyond just wrong, right? So occasionally they'd find things that were just, I guess, too wrong for them, and they'd remake the documentary. But don't worry, they'd put new wrong shit in. Um, so we actually watched the first edition of this. If you already watched the movie, unless you watched it with us at Platinum Night, because you guys are fucking awesome, uh, then you may have watched the wrong version. You really have no one to blame but yourself. You should really watch all the versions to get all the stories. There's a lot of true yeah, stories. Do, do the homework. Do the homework, There's like guys. nine on, true stories. Get out of your echo chambers. I just... I just love that when they found out shit was wrong, they didn't think, man, I should change my conclusion. <laughs> just the equation that gets me Just there. the music. <laughs> All movies go through recuts. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah. I I'm going to go with best worst anti-Semitism. Okay. Started to talk about it a little bit. So normally a movie like this, it'd be talking about like, hey, we checked in with 
legendary English footballer David Icke. And <laughs> turns out Jews are lizard aliens that rule the world. But, but this movie, they're just vaguely hinting at Israel being part of an inside job. Mm-hmm. But then suggesting the dumbest plan ever. <laughs> like, I'd be offended as a Mossad agent who did 9-11. Like, if I was an Israeli spy who did 9-11, I'd be like, well, we're not fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> we did it better than that. All right, see, I was going to go with, and someone at Platinum Night actually stole my line on this one. I, I swear I had it written in the notes before you said it. Um, but I was going to go with best, worst use of the word clearly. <laughs> as in, as you can clearly see... We'll, we'll come back to that one. Yeah. So I had uh, best, worst kind of interpretational extrapolation from a single pixel. Okay. The number of times, well, we'll come to it, but the number of times are like, do you see this single pixel here? It means all of these things. Yes. It's yes. the equivalent of showing you like a single frame of the game Pong and then asking you to imagine all of the Wimbledon final from it, <laughs> including <laughs> fucking ball boys, you know? Uh, for me, it was fashion. Okay. Yeah, I went with the uh, best worst leather jacket scarf combo. (laughs) That guy is the best. That guy. He was my favorite. And this, by the way, is coming from a guy who came to do a 9-11 show wearing a New York City t-shirt. This is the guy. Yeah, yeah. That's criticizing fashion here. It's fun. Halfway through the show, I'm going to crash paper planes into him. It's a whole... (laughs) I don't want to spoil it, but you're going to like it. Uh, I went with best, worst. Now you're probably asking yourself. Because <laughs> yeah. no matter what this guy suggests, it is not what you were asking <laughs> nope. yourself. Nope. He's like, it was a government cargo plane that hit the buildings. Now you're probably asking yourself, what color is the sun when the Jews look at it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dylan. <laughs> you're <laughs> asking yourself. <laughs> When he first when he first said that, he's like, you know, now the question you're probably asking yourself is like, oh my God, they're going to address what the fuck? Really? <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, we've got a lot of aggressive sighing to do, so we're going to take a quick break to oxygenate, and when we come back, we'll careen headlong into all the inaccuracies that are loose change. <laughs> Drinks and snacks. Drinks and snacks. Excuse me, sir, you can't lay a mattress in the middle of the airplane. Oh, sorry, sorry. My friend, he has trouble sleeping on planes, but but that's a Casper mattress. What's a Casper mattress? Oh, uh, Casper mattresses, they're great. They're designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. Casper brand mattresses, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Plus, their breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Well, that sounds amazing, but you can't... Be sure of your purchase? Oh, yes, you can. With Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Plus, they'll deliver it right to your door in a small, how'd-they-do-that-size box. Casper Mattress sent us one to try, and I've never slept better. But, sir, how am I going to... to... Try it, to try it. You can start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper now. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash awful and using the code awful at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Well, look, the mattress sounds amazing, but he can't sleep in the middle of the aisle. Oh, I mean, 
okay, okay, but he's probably going to punch that baby again if I wake him up. So oh, that was him. Yeah, that, that's going to be on you. Oh, he can stay. Drink some snacks. Drink some snacks. Wait, wait. I want a snack. Can I have four? <laughs> no, it's I want five. <laughs> five. Hi, I'm Tony D. The little questions of world events bother you, but not the giant questions that follow from those little ones? Then come on down to Tony D's house of conspiracy theories. We got jet engine minutia, blurry pixels, and even more blurry pixels. So we can turn this... I don't know. The thing with the plane in Pennsylvania seems kind of weird. Into this. Look at the shadow on this photo. It's clearly of a 456 rotator cuff, which didn't appear on the Cessna until 2013. Tony D's House of Conspiracy Theories, because you're not okay with the truth. And we're back for the breakdown. (laughs) All right, so we're going to start this movie off with a dedication to the lives lost on September 11th of 2001. The airplane-related ones, not the heart attacks and traffic accidents. Um, because this movie is solemn, y'all. I believe this is the first time that, like, the family members of the people that it was dedicated to formally, like, renounced the dedication. No, nope. hell <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. you didn't. Nope. Weirdly, I think <laughs> Al-Qaeda's video for 9-11 also starts off dedicated to the lives they lost in 9-11. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> be real it takes solid brass balls to begin a documentary where you're going to accuse the people who died in 9-11 of faking their own deaths or never existing to the people of 9-11 right that's yeah. good that's like if we dedicated this episode of the podcast to dylan avery right we're just like hey guys this one's for dylan is he dead the thing is, I felt more secure than you guys because I saw this and I thought, oh, they actually believe some people did die 9-11. This doesn't put them in the top 10 weird people I've talked to about 9-11 yeah. in that case. That's, man, you've got a hell of a list. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to start off with a shot of, um, of the Statue of Liberty, but they're going to try to make it scary with mm. music. <laughs> like Lady Liberty's going to leap out at you or something. Yeah, it's like bad guy music from a horror movie and the Statue of Liberty. Like, like it was written to the music people, like in the script, like the Statue of Liberty's calling from inside the house. That's the music we want for this. I, I thought it was like spooky music, like John Carpenter. Like this was uh, John Carpenter's Assault on September 11th. <laughs> you know, subtitle, Big Trouble in Law, Manhattan. <laughs> All right, and then we start getting, th- this entire movie is going to be built on this crazy notion that maybe at some point eyewitnesses would recall things differently right so we start off with a bunch of quotes from people saying i don't know if that looked like an aeroplane to me had a blue logo on the front didn't look like a normal airplane that belonged there like like there, like you're about to do 9-11 it's an inside job and some guy was like hey i made this cool logo for the conspiracy in photoshop <laughs> i want to put it on the front of the airplane and they got caught. That's how they got caught. Yeah. yeah. By Avery. They, uh, they described the plane. One of the eyewitnesses described the plane as saying it didn't look like it belonged in the area. Well, it's about to crash into the Twin Towers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. it didn't fucking belong there. Yeah. It's not Sesame Street. Yeah. Here we have two iconic, two iconic towers, testament to the ambition and power of America, and a plane about to plow into them. Two of these things are kind of the same, and one of these things just doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. fucking Sesame Street, is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did think like, oh, it's one of those planes that doesn't look like it belongs on the 99th floor of an <laughs> yeah, office block. Right. It's one of those rare planes. Yeah, yeah. It's not a reasonable place to park. <laughs> <laughs> There's no monkey climbing up that thing or anything. He gets out of the elevator on the 99th floor, sees the, el- sees the plane next to him. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that plane shouldn't have a blue logo on it. <laughs> Let me see your passport. I dropped it. I dropped it. All right. So, and now he starts off. Well, I thought he was going to start off laying out the official story, but he's going to start off with a series of videos that he's going to zoom in on, as Marsh was saying, to the one pixel level and say, you see that flash before the plane hits? I'm like, do you mean, do I see a white pixel amidst the black ones? Yeah. Yeah. He starts this by saying, like, uh, so the plane hits the tower, and he says, on face value, that this may not look like much. And I thought, this guy doesn't really know what a big deal is, because that (laughs) seems like a lot to me. (laughs) Who doesn't have the Twin Towers being hit by the plane in the back of every home video at a certain (laughs) point? You cut it out. And by the way, the solemn way he introduces this footage is with DJ remix music of the plane Entering and exiting the Twin Towers. Yes. yes. And he's like, did you see that? And I'm like, yeah, man, you just insulted 3,000 plus dead people. And he's like, no, no, no. The white cloud that happened right there. (laughs) Yeah, he says, if you look at these nine pixels here, you can clearly see that the the plane explodes too early. And also, if you kind of squint, it looks like a crocodile riding on a kitty cat. It's pretty... (laughs) hell are we looking at and then he's like yeah so we asked a boeing spokesman about this hey what's this uh blurry area under your plane and they were like it's a japanese penis stop being weird (laughs) please leave my house you need to leave my house right now there was so much like nobody would explain to me how one would go about hijacking a plane and crashing it into a building therefore it's a conspiracy i told him i was making a movie for youtube yeah, yeah. He's like, this is what uh, the underneath of a Boeing 647 should look yes, like. Yes. And this is what the one at 911 looked like. And if you look carefully, you'll see the one on 911 had like the uh, reflections of a city beneath it. That's not <laughs> meant to be there. It must have been fake. This one's in black and white. It's meant to be in color. Come on. <laughs> but now, and it took me a long time to figure out where he was going with this, but apparently the flash that you see before the plane hits is a missile. Mm. being fired from the plane <laughs> that's about to crash into the goddamn building. Yeah. That plane is already made of missile. That's You're already <laughs> doing that. Okay, but still, I want to be there for that meeting. Gentlemen, thank you for coming. As you know, we plan to stage the most elaborate false flag ever. And it all begins with this. A, a jet fighter, sir? That's right. We'll fly them directly at the Twin Towers, but then just before impact, we'll shoot the building with a missile. Right. I, and then we fly away, yeah? No, yeah. No, 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 no. We'll fly the plane right into the building. What? Wait, I don't think. So why do we need to shoot a missile? Thank you. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're there anyway. In for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Got it. Sorry, why are we doing this again with the missile part? So and- I don't have to edit an episode of Incredulous. Can't fucking believe you made me do that. 
Yeah. He was promising he was just going to do this the whole the time. things you yeah. do for minimum wage these days. Yeah. <laughs> Making jokes about 3,000 people dying, you're totally comfortable with. Doing no this biggie. with your fingers, no too far, mate, too far. <laughs> too far. Beyond the pale. Beyond the pale. I feel like Racist. Pi- Racist. <laughs> I feel like that pilot's going to be like, wait, hold on. I get missiles? You're giving new plan. Hear me out. And I just shoot them and then I fly away like right before. Is that? No, every fucking time with these pilots, it's you go in there, you shoot the missile. We have a whole thing planned out. The missiles are just there to detonate the pre-rigged explosives. Yes, yes, yes. It's like dynamite. Why don't you mention these plans? Okay. Now I look stupid. As the pilot. You already look stupid. Thank you. All right, so, yeah, and this is the guy that came out covered in tinfoil with his ass hanging out. (laughs) All right, and so then, after he lays out the missile theory, he comes up and he says, for your consideration, Mm -hmm. as though this is Oscar-worthy, and and then they they start talking about how jingoistic the American media got in the wake of 9-11. They they, they actually use the term, I believe they dub it a patriotic orgy. (laughs) That sounds like fun. Yeah, they said people would be intimidated by the patriotic orgy. And I've got to say, I would be intimidated at a patriotic (laughs) orgy. My flag would be half-mast at best. Nothing more than half-mast. You guys ever play Devil's Triangle? It's a patriotic orgy right there. Am I being detained? You are being detained. I detain you. Detain you. I have the idea that a patriotic orgy, everybody would be saluting. So they've only got one hand left. Oh, right. right. I mean, that's really inefficient, right? Yeah. It's really inefficient. Well, no, it's different because in America, you bring condoms. In England, you pull out. It's a totally different kind of orgy. (laughs) So, okay. So then we get a bunch of people who, uh, a bunch of these other eyewitnesses that apparently somehow remember, uh, remember it wrong. So we get a whole bunch of quotes from people going, I don't know, I thought it sounded like a missile instead of an airplane. There's... One of the witnesses is literally like, I'm here, there is a literal building falling on me, so I am probably your best source (laughs) for accurate information. Everything's getting closer, write that down. (laughs) Do you know who's going to know most about this? The person at floor level. They are going to have the best view of this entire entire thing. All right, and then we get our title, Loose Change. And then we actually show videos of the tower coming down because there is no tasteful in this film, which is immediately followed by a bunch of controlled demolitions, as if to say, hey, man, look at these. These look awful lot like buildings falling down. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, the controlled demolitions happen in time to the music that I yes. pointed out. They yes. pointed out it's coming so it looked like a really shit 90s, like, ill-thought-out commercial video for a demolition specialist. Like, <laughs> look at these buildings we can bring down, guys. Yeah, oh, God. Well, that's the thing. Uncontrolled demolitions, the music is off, first of all. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They no, don't they fall off. First of all, and they fall me. up a lot. Yeah. There's yes. a lot of up. If you don't control it, the only question that I had about this montage is, what does Dylan think buildings falling down right. naturally looks yeah. like? Like the World Trade Towers are like, ha, 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 you got ice there, man. <laughs> be careful. I'm a building. <laughs> so much of this movie is built on the idea that it would normally just fall like a tree. Yeah. Either that or like the Home Alone bad guys where it's like, whoop. Yeah, Bam. that's what they wanted from the building. 
Oh, and this is also where we get the credits, which are, I believe, three names, not counting the music. Oh, but the music is so good. We have DJ Schooly, Nick the One DJ. No, 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 Nick the One Duh. Nick the Wonder. Oh, the One Duh. That's right. Spelled one D-A. Yep. Smoke. Wow, big smoke fun in the audience. Wow. Smoke, nice. ladies and gentlemen. We have smoke in the audience. <laughs> I was unexpected. Guy is just constantly Googling himself. He took an eight-hour plane ride to be here. <laughs> I really thought people would join in when I started clapping. <laughs> and, of course, the final musical contributor to the movie, Sway. Yep. They, they brought out the big guns there. Um, and then he asks, and I, I guess I'm not supposed to have the answer that I have for this because he asks like now who the narrator comes in he's like now who had the motive the equipment and the opportunity to do this and I'm like you don't want me to say Al-Qaeda terrorists but he also asks like who stood to gain and bear in mind that Dylan Avery is still selling this film and has been selling it for a long time Ah! I think you stood to gain (laughs) really mate you've made your living off this yes by your own logic it does that's a good so Hate to spoil it, we did 9-11. So, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, if well, we had done it, they would have made us call it 11-9. So <laughs> that's, that's, how you, that's our alibi. <laughs> oh, and then and that's when we get the, uh, the Donald Rumsfeld quote, mm. right? Where they, they pretend that the word missile doesn't just mean object propelled at a target to make it seem like he was saying a missile hit the building. He's obviously referring to the airplane. Like, how hard is it to make Donald Rumsfeld sound scary? But no, they have to misinterpret him. (laughs) Obviously, like, Donald Rumsfeld, obviously he's Bush administration. And watching this, I thought, God, it may be nostalgic for the time that people thought governments could do stuff. (laughs) Because, like, we've got Trump in America and Brexit here. It's like, oh, you guys don't know what you're doing. You can't accomplish anything. If Trump tried to do a false flag, he would just run at the New World Trade Center with a sledgehammer. He'd be like, you don't see me. <laughs> I pooped. Yeah. And then three seconds later, the toilet like, paper. I tried to knock down that tower. Oops, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, because Dylan's theory is that Donald Rumsfeld was giving an interview in Parade Magazine and was just like, so then we fired a missile. At- Steve, how do we knock down the Twin Towers? It's just Parade <laughs> Magazine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, so now it's time to talk about how hard it what must have been for an unexperienced pilot to crash an airplane into the Pentagon, how would you even know which building it was? <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we meet your best worst. We meet the guy with the That's scarf right. here. I feel as though <laughs> crashing into exactly the right place to place the missile is excellent flying, though. <laughs> so, you know, don't just throw it off like that. Well, the thing is, they point out that this guy was amazing because he did a 330-degree turn at 500 miles an hour. And that sounds amazing unless you take into account the fact it might have taken him ages because, like, you <laughs> right. need a time on that. Like, the Earth, the Earth does a 360-degree turn at 67,000 miles an hour. It just takes really <laughs> long to do that. <laughs> Eli can reverse park. If you give him long enough, he'll manage it. It just takes a while. Theoretically. <laughs> also, I feel like... You make a 30-degree turn the other way, don't right? you? Yeah. yeah. Why is he going? He's going 500 miles an hour. He makes a 330? Hold on. I got to scratch my ass Where were you here. on September 10th in, uh, in <laughs> Afghanistan, Heath? They needed your forethought. You were the guy missing from their Sorry, brainstorming okay, session. Okay, really quick. Just we shoot the missile. You go 30 away. <laughs> clean and clear. This is me doing 9-11. Just... 
And I thought no, that was you reverse parking. No. I'll get it. <laughs> do you want me to do it? Can we just switch no, sides? Left no, a no, bit. No. Left a bit. Eli, get out of the come seat. On. There's other planes behind you. They're trying to get past. Come on, just, just hit the towers. I'll put on my blinkers. Come on, I'll... this train's trying to get past. The, One second. The audience at home loves the visual humor, Eli. <laughs> we flew to London. What's your excuse? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But, but the argument we're making here basically is that this pilot couldn't have possibly hit the Pentagon because he's brown and stupid. Yeah. And to, to back that up, they go and they find this guy who worked at a pilot school where this guy once rented a plane and talked to him for about eight minutes. Yeah. This is the guy in the leather jacket and yeah. the scarf. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll euphemistically call him Biggles for now. Um, he actually said one of the bombers is called Hanjor, and he said that Hanjor was average or below average as a pilot. Well, which yeah. is it? I feel like that's an important distinction. <laughs> first of all, because Biggles was meant to be working out if Hanjor was competent to fly. So that's the first reason. Uh, but he also, he ought to really know whether he's average or below average. And because the film is trying to make me believe there's no way Hanjor uh, could have been the pilot. So the difference between average and roughly the same as must, uh, every other person and below average <laughs> yeah. suddenly becomes important, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, but, I can't believe you got that much out of it. All I could think of was, oh my God, he's literally wearing that leather jacket and that scarf the whole fucking time, isn't he? Oh, well, here's he, the thing, Noah, because you totally missed the fact that his office was filled with the most 90s technology I've <laughs> ever seen. He had like a fax machine. He had a massive CRT monitor. He had a whole box filled with floppy disks. Yes. Whole, this is 2005. You didn't need floppy disks. <laughs> And there was no way he was taking off that leather jacket and scarf. No chance. Like, they definitely made a big deal. They're like, dude, you're a fucking grown-up. We're indoors. (laughs) We're inside of a building. Can you take that up? Just take it. Come on. (laughs) Seriously? I'm going to kill Snoopy. (laughs) If anything, I think he went went out and bought that leather jacket when he knew he was going to be on film. He's like, I'm going to look like a pilot. Some sort of pilot outfit for this. I like the the idea that after he dressed up, he looked in the mirror for a long time to make sure it was exactly right. (laughs) All right, so now we dig into the logistics of the Pentagon strike, which starts with them showing the radar, and it's like, you know, if he was such a below-average pilot, how did he show up on the same radar that the above-average pilots are on? (laughs) Hold on a second. They they say he thought they thought it was a military plane. They it, they knew it was American Airlines Flight seventy seven. Yes, it's yeah. written. On, did they I'm, think it's on the screen you're showing me, movie? Like I can see it. Did they think American Airlines had a, a fucking air force? They had a military wing. Is a three hundred thirty degree turn a military thing? <laughs> Maybe it's, quite, maybe it's who they asked. Maybe they asked, like, the intern. And they're like, oh, no, it's probably, like, military or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, no right. one showed me this graph before. No one showed me this screen before. I don't know what I'm looking at. We've That's... been making 30 degrees this whole time. This guy's doing 330s. <laughs> it's advanced. Only the military would turn that way. Yeah. Yeah. But then he starts asking, I shit you not, why there aren't skid marks in front of the Pentagon? Yeah, yeah. literally, yeah. like, the yeah. plane didn't take a big enough divot. That was yes! an argument. Like, and then he shows us. He's like, here's, here's, here's what it looks like when a plane takes a divot from the lawn of the Pentagon. 
Yeah, how would you show us that? How would you show us that? With a drawing. He drew in crayon. He's like, look, this is what it would look like. And then he shows us the Pentagon. I mean, let's be fair to him. He does Photoshop it later to say, what would yes. this look like? Yes. It would look like this. <laughs> but like, he says as well, like, there's no way that this plane hit the Pentagon because the lawn is completely undamaged. And to prove that, he shows you a picture of very clearly a damaged lawn. It's like... What's all that black and charred grass all about? Oh, that was yeah. already there. That's already that's how they like it. They, <laughs> they insist that their gardener goes around burning the grass just in case. <laughs> Rumsfeld's got some weird ideas about a decor. <laughs> they said there, was, uh, there were no them. traces of the wings outside the building. Oh. Um, and said, in fact, there's no traces of the aircraft at all. And then literally three seconds later, he says, the only pieces of debris on the front lawn were light enough to be carried by hand. Yeah. Well, is there debris? Is there no debris? Is there, what, what's going on here? Yeah, agree with yourself at the very least. But this is the argument we've all heard this so many damn times that if Bugs Bunny ran through that wall, why isn't there a Bugs Bunny-shaped hole in that wall, right? <laughs> They're saying like, well, there should be wing marks and, and jet marks. It's not like this thing was made out of nine feet of limestone. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta edit my movie, y'all. But like, even the picture he shows of the Pentagon, like, oh, there's only this one small hole in the middle. And you look at it and go, like, what's all the stuff to the side that's yes, damaged yes. from, like, wings or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was, that was already there. They did already that when there, they were yeah. burning the uh, <laughs> lawn there. You guys are wondering about light poles, though, probably, right? <laughs> yes. You guys are all, I can see you all asking, well, what about the fucking yes. light poles? <laughs> they address it. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. He says at one point, he says, these poles don't look like they were hit by an airplane they look like they just popped out of the ground what's the distinction there yeah my, my favorite thing about the light poles is he said they, they can't have been destroyed or caused by a plane crashing at the pentagon because these light poles are leaning like towards and they're in a certain direction and the shape isn't quite right and that's like the idea that they've gone right we've got this great amazing conspiracy plan and we've got everything covered have you got the fire yes have you knocked over some poles yes have you got a big hole in the wall yes i think we're all ready to fool them but they haven't figured out that you've got to leave a plane behind as well like, oh, shit, no one said plane fuck We've done the polls. I spent all my time in the oh, polls. And we faced them the wrong way. Because they would normally be... Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. Hey, uh, just going to make a call. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. Hey, it's me. We just did 9-11. You know, stupid. Yep. We just, obviously, we did, we did 9-11 together. You remember? It's, it's Heath. We did 9-11 together. I do. Yeah. Okay, so it's me, Heath. Anyway, we forgot you to knock down... You introduced your phone self on the phone okay. too much. <laughs> Fine. Just, we need to hurry through this. We, we forgot to... <laughs> We forgot to knock down light poles outside the Pentagon. What? Yeah, so what I need you to do is send somebody down there to just, like, tear a few out. You Pop. know what I mean? Pop. Dave, I'm sorry to make you get up again because you just did the lunch run, but apparently Heath, Heath was it? Yeah, he introduced himself, like, six times. Forgot to <laughs> pop out the light poles. Yeah, thanks, buddy. What angle did you tell him to do, Matt? What? Dude, oh, my God. What angle did you Who tell him? Who is this? <laughs> It's great when we have a scripted bit and you improvise your way through it. It's, it's always fun. All right, so then he says, I called Boeing uh, to find out exactly what their planes were made of and how hard, how fast you'd have to be going to destroy the Pentagon. And those motherfuckers wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. Bastards. What are they hiding? 
Absolute bastards. It's calling Bowen to ask that question is a bit like calling up the school at Sandy Hook and asking for detailed plans of their emergency evacuation routes. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah they'll tell you no and they'll call the police. Trust, trust me. Trust me, they will. Just trust me. They'll, they'll, do, that. With they'll do that. Wilson, and you won't you be allowed see. back in America again. Honestly, it's really bad. <laughs> really bad. Just as a production note, this is the point at which my duty as a guest on your podcast exceeded my interest in continuing to watch this film. <laughs> And the only reason I carried on watching from here is because I'd already booked the train in the hotel and you needed me to handle a hostile British crowd. Well, so. right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Somebody fight Andy after the show is what we're saying. <laughs> I'm up for it. I'm He'll take you it. down. And then we get... Kills people for fun. <laughs> and then we get the iconic line of the movie, jet fuel doesn't burn that hot. Jet fuel doesn't burn You ever look at an old picture of yourself when you had silly hair or wearing a silly outfit? I had, in this moment in the movie, I had such a flashback to college days Eli being like, it doesn't go! I'm in my second year at NYU's drama school. I know how hot jet fuel burns! I am finding the truth! If anyone knows about metallurgy, yes. Well, and then also he says that the um, the engines are made of titanium. This is only the first. We get jet fuel doesn't burn that hot again. But he says they, the the engines were made of titanium. Uh, they couldn't possibly have melted. Therefore, we should find them intact. Yes, intact seemed to be very important <laughs> with them. They said the melting point of titanium is way hotter than the jet fuel. And I thought... What's the melting point of the straw that your straw man argument is made out of? Because that didn't seem like the most important part of this entire thing. You see, Marsh, there are two states of being. There is vaporized and intact. Yes, yes, they're very binary (laughs) These were not vaporized. The whole argument here, it's like a drunk boyfriend who's convinced his girlfriend is cheating and he's just angry and she walks in. He's like, okay, fine. Airplanes aren't Daffy Duck running through a door. Fine. But what about titanium? Where's my periodic table? Where's my period? Where, how many dicks did you suck while you're hiding my periodic table? Give me my periodic table. And then they actually show us a periodic table with titanium. And then, which does burn below the no, temperature it, it of the does, jet fuel. It, it does, especially when you smash it into a building at 500 miles an hour. Um, and then they have the whole bit where they talk about how they had the wrong type of airplane debris. This guy is suddenly an expert on all charred airplane debris. He <laughs> yeah. starts going like, oh, this isn't a rotator from this type of engine. We're like, no, that's a different part of that type of airplane, too. Yeah. It was really hard because it was hard not to think this is a really boring way of making a really offensive argument. Like, at least when you see people making offensive arguments elsewhere, they really go all out and say, it's the Jews, and start making caricatures of the Jews. Like, no, this is like, like oh, Eli. This, this, this particular fan just looks a bit different, so it was there. Yes. Oh, fuck off. Just give me something offensive. Well, to be honest, you have a higher standard when it comes to shit like that, that than true. most people. That is true. So. That is true. And I will say, you... you might know about this. Popular Mechanics, because this movie became so popular, made a refutation, like a point-by-point refutation of it, and they only let one bitchy comment slip through in the entire thing, and it's about this section, and it's just one sentence at the very end of this section. They go through like, this is actually this fan belt, blah, blah, nerd stuff, but at the very end, they're like, a layman wouldn't understand this. 
Yeah, like Brian, <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> and then we literally cite Nazis. Nazis. Oh. So, uh, it, to, in Dylan Avery's defense, that's the last time I'll be saying those words tonight. Um, <laughs> he apparently didn't know that the American Free Press was a neo-Nazi newspaper and website. So he extensively quotes from it throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And the thing is, so it, was, it was founded by an anti-Semitic Holocaust denier. And you see the article they're citing from AFP as they go through the points that AFP makes. And I freeze-framed and had a look at it. And I thought, shit, Christopher Berlin wrote this article. I know that Nazi. I've talked to that Nazi. He's been a guest on Be Reasonable. Oh, I know that Nazi. <laughs> so hold on. Oh, I know that guy. That's amazing. <laughs> Look, I know you guys have fun listening to the show, but watching Marsha's notes as he recognizes everyone and everything in this movie, like, oh, that Holocaust denier. Oh, he was lovely. Skype yeah. connection was terrible. <laughs> and it, it's like, it took years to get him connected. It's like, it's like the kid you went to school with made good. You're like, oh, I knew that guy. Yeah, yeah, Except the exact fucking right. opposite. Oh, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, but the argument here apparently is that it wasn't American Airlines Flight 77 that hit the Pentagon. Okay, where the fuck is American Airlines Flight 77 <laughs> if it didn't hit the Pentagon? Roswell. What do you think happened? It's in Roswell. <laughs> Heath, Flight 77 is behind you right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that would have been, been so. Do Ladies and gentlemen, Flight 77! We have like all 20, 2,900 people come out behind us. Like, yeah, you guys thought they were dead this whole time. But he does prove this by saying like, look, this individual piece of debris can't have been from that plane. It's like, do you remember five minutes ago when you said there were no piece of debris from yes. the plane? Because yes. we remember that. Like, go fuck yourself. We remember you saying that. Um, yeah, this is a, like a documentary a la the guy from Memento. <laughs> So, okay, now we turn from the debris to the building itself. And the, the main point here, they go back to the there should be a Daffy Duck-sized hole in the wall uh, thing because they're like, well, as you can clearly see, there's that word clearly again, uh, when, it, when the airplanes hit the Twin Towers, it did leave a Daffy Duck-shaped hole in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the picture is very clear that a plane hit yeah. that building. <laughs> And, it, yeah. and the Pentagon should look exactly the same. Well, yeah, exactly. obviously. Yeah, totally. right. I'm sure if we found a way to bounce a 757 off the Hudson River into the 80th floor of that building, <laughs> it would look similar to Pentagon. <laughs> if the Pentagon was also 80 stories and the Trade Center was made of limestone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they got their uh, idea of what should happen when a plane hits concrete from watching old Wally E. Coyote cartoons. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. every time the roadrunner sends him smack into a wall, he just kind of flans and slips down. <laughs> Wally E. Coyote never gets fucking vaporized. <laughs> yeah. Learn it. Yeah. Learn it. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm glad they stopped with the Wally Coyote references at that point because at some point people jump out of the towers and I thought they're going to look down and see the floor's not there and that's when they fall. That's going to be the Wally Coyote moment. <laughs> or, or maybe like, why didn't the people who jump out leave human-sized holes in the yeah, concrete? Exactly. <laughs> Right. We're really laughing about I feel that. real bad about that joke, too, guys. I'm as uncomfortable with that joke as you are, if it helps. That was not in my notes. That was just on stage. Where is my, where's my so far and no further card? <laughs> and he's getting the train back home again. Jesus. 
Do you think the people who jumped out of the buildings on 9-11 went to hell for killing themselves? Important question, Eli. Explore this yeah, further. Thank, thank you, Eli. Let's jump off topic for that. I was just thinking about so, him like getting up to heaven and Jesus is there and he's like, no, you killed yourself. <laughs> Jumper. So, Quitter. There's also... <laughs> Well, it would be what a lot. What do you law. know about the people who jumped? It what would be a lot, not Jesus. Gay people are like. There's one of two questions that he answered. That. that was Jesus. I was Jesus just now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. right, right. Well, we know none of the Jews jumped because they weren't there that day. We had a meeting. <laughs> so, okay, so this is also the part where they assume, where they say that you know the only thing that could have made the hole that was in the Pentagon was a cruise missile, like yes. that was the only possibility. They even show us a building that was hit with a cruise missile, and they're like, looks exactly the same, huh? And we're like, no. No. no, no. Again, like, you're well, showing us the movie. We can see <laughs> what you're showing us. You chose this. Yeah, it's like there's some very clear similarities in that both buildings are fucked, but the, the similarities yeah. end at that yeah, point. Right. If you turn the camera around 180 degrees at that point, I guarantee you there's a clay Pentagon and a toy airplane, and Dylan Avery's like... <laughs> <laughs> making fake holes all right and then we go back to the you know but the eyewitness accounts don't all say the same thing argument which proves that no thing has ever happened apparently i mean li they literally include people who mistook it for a boeing 737 it was a boeing 757 oh christ what pricks what absolute <laughs> pricks. what a bunch of idiots but 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 he's then saying it was a missile Right? You can't mistake a 757 for a 737, but you can mistake a missile for both? Yeah. <laughs> wow! By the way, my favorite moment of this little montage of the different quotes is one of the reasons why he had to put out a second version is he just made up some of these quotes. <laughs> oh, God! Whoa! In one of the very early criticisms, people were like, where do you get these quotes from? And he was like, where do you get your quotes from? I have a calendar! <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Avery is a Supreme Court justice. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> yeah, by yeah. now, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, so let's, let's be less depressed and talk about 2,900 people dying. <laughs> Um, there's also a guy who says he, he didn't see anything, but he said it sounded like a missile rather than an airplane. I mean, bear in mind, we've already quoted at one point the guy who said uh, that the, the, he couldn't see the, the windows on the side of it. And we look at where that guy was. He was in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's a couple of miles away. I can't yes. see the windows of an airplane a couple of miles away. You're not the best eyewitness testimony we can get here. Yeah, and he also, one of my favorite arguments is he shows video of what happens when a car drives right up into an engine exhaust and it blows away. He's like, why didn't he blow all the cars that were on the roads off, guys? Yeah, because he was 75 feet above the <laughs> fucking car <laughs> on the road. And moving fast. Not directly in the jet stream. <laughs> yeah. Hey, me again. I'm thinking you park on the beltway for a second and you mm. blow some cars over to make it so that they won't, they won't know what's happening. Mm. Who is this? It's, <laughs> oh my God. We just did 9-11. Right! Heath. Ethan! He, I hate you so much. I'm never doing another one of these with you. Another 9-11? Never doing it again. What no. about in July? Well, 7-11. <laughs> That's the one they care about. <laughs>
Yeah, this was fun to watch. You know, uh, you know, when you go around to your relatives and they have really young children. Sorry, what? <laughs> and when the, they had young children, Andy. <laughs> and the kids want to, uh, like, put on a show. And you sit there and you pretend like they're the most talented kids in the world. And everything they're doing is amazing. That's exactly the frame of mind you have to be in to watch this movie. <laughs> So, oh, wow, you did a magic trick. We almost didn't see where the ball went. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Also, then we get the, we implicate the FBI. He goes like, immediately after the crash, the FBI collected all the surveillance video of the plane crashing into the Pentagon. Why would they want that? <laughs> right, yeah, so I saw this, right? I saw this, and it was like, why would the FBI take the tape that proved what happened when they were trying to, prove what happened why would they have that tip and i thought because and i wrote in my notes because it would have taken them way too long to transcribe a flip book out of it <laughs> and the next scene they say the fbi released a five frame video they did a flip book they did an actual flip book they released a flip book of this a gif a fucking animated gif yes <laughs> well i'm sorry you seem skeptical marsh uh, could you explain why there was a dead spot on the lawn of the Pentagon some days late, uh, earlier? Yes. This is the best. Dylan Avery thinks that not only did our government run a missile into the Pentagon as part of their plan, but they marked it out first. They yeah. had a guy on the lawn being like, all right, this is about missile shape. I wanted to know that, like, that guy drew the perfect lines and they got it slightly to the right and he's just sitting in his Illuminati Jew office being like, really? That's off by like six feet. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? Because they say, oh, it was a cruise missile. But also, if you look at the lawn, there's a white line, which is where the cruise missile hits. And I thought, do they normally need a white line for a cruise right? missile to hit? Because they use cruise missiles in warfare and that's got to take away the element of surprise. Well, you've got to have, like, two Navy SEALs in Afghanistan pretend to be landscape gardeners just <laughs> renovating the lawn a bit. What are you this doing? Lawn darts? We're playing stadiums. lawn darts? Honestly, this is all the rage in America. You guys will love it. Just, just trust me. This is beautiful. We did it at the Pentagon and everything. It's so <laughs> nice. Hi, Saddam. So <laughs> there's also the part where um, he says, well... It awfully suspicious that of all the sides of the Pentagon they could hit, they hit the side opposite of where Donald Rumsfeld was. First of all, no, not no. a coincidence. Also, there's no opposite side on a regular Pentagon, so you're stupid. <laughs> Idiots. If you were wondering if he has a page and a half of why there's no opposite side yeah. of a Pentagon in his notes, he does. Yeah, it's all yes. just mathematical proof. It's really boring. It's really, really boring. I like the idea that there's a safe part of that building during a cruise missile attack. Yes. <laughs> and then we, we spend an awful lot of time talking about, like, gee, how in the hell could crashing planes into buildings make them fall down? Right? We have to really dive deep on yeah, it, it says the Twin Towers and World Trade Center 7 are the only three buildings in history that have ever fallen as a result of fire. And that is said with the confidence of someone who 100% has not Googled that no. fact. <laughs> and it's like, you're in London. What about 1666? It was kind of a big fire and like half of London fell as a result of it. Dylan Avery, come to London, learn some fucking history. Well, but then in a later version, he says no steel reinforced building, gotcha. which is also bullshit. Yeah, not true, not true, not true, not true. <laughs> like, at least 11 that I found on the first page of Google. <laughs> 
1988 Nakatomi Tower actually <laughs> had a fire. Wait, I did I go into Die Hard? I went into Die Hard again. I yeah, did Die yeah. Hard. And, and he tries to prove this by like five examples of yes. buildings that had fires that weren't hit by planes that didn't fall down. And I just wrote in my notes the other day, I burned some toast. House didn't fall down. Jews did 9-11. <laughs> yeah, and then, then they mention that World Trade Center 7 suddenly collapsed. Like a yeah. French soccer player just... <laughs> <laughs> Saying that was a sudden collapse. That started burning at 10 in the morning yes. as soon as the first building went down. Saying that was a sudden collapse is saying, like, we suddenly have global warming. Yeah. Or saying, or saying Heath is suddenly single. <laughs> ladies. Ladies. Could I have some more of your whiskey, please, Heath? He's going to... That's so mean. That's so mean. My mom he's, loves me. He's looking for a date to France tomorrow, guys. Just... Anybody want to go to Paris for two yeah. days? Yeah, yeah. Give Keith a call. No one he, he said yes. Answer. Nobody give said him a call anyway. It's uh, Eli yeah. and Anna I didn't even say yes. They already yes. have tickets to go with me. It's always best when we're all talking at the same time, guys. So <laughs> then, then everybody's getting five times the entertainment. So okay. So but to really hammer home the point, we now examine all that non-flammable shit that they make buildings out of. <laughs> Yeah. This is where he just names the amounts of yes, things yes. and proves it with math. He, I, okay, I wrote down what he said. He said there's 200,000 tons of steel, yep. 425,000 cubic yards of concrete. Forty. You want to know how many windows? Who wants to know how many windows? 43,000, yes, 43,600 windows. That adds up to 668,600, for those of you who aren't ready to do the math quickly. Um. How could 10,000 gallons of jet fuel knock down 668,600 <laughs> things? You would, you would need, you'd need 658,600 more gallons of jet fuel. Yeah. Obviously. I think you're missing out a variable there, uh, Heath, because the effect of the jet fuel uh, and the speed of the aircraft was also accelerated by the chemtrails they had on board. Oh. Oh. They didn't and mention the chemtrails. They didn't mention the chemtrails. We all know chemtrails, they burn at a much higher that's level. That's true. No, that's true. Everyone knows that. Nobody that's... knows how high they burn. That is 100% true. No one knows how high chemtrails even, burn. Even loose change isn't talking about the fucking chemtrails. What does that tell you? They're in on it. Sheeple. Fuck me, loose chains are in on the chemtrails thing. It. Oh my God. Part of it. We've That's one chemtrail, so one more gallon. They would have needed one more gallon yes. for that one, one chemtrail. More, yeah. At least one. Yeah. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah, but the actual math he's coming up with is how could 500 million tons of material fall down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need so many gallons of gravity to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so many. <laughs> And this is my favorite moment in the movie. He's now going to talk about the fact that these buildings got hit by planes, but it barely grazed the tower. That is an exact quote. At 862, blah, 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 hit the south tower between the 78th and 82nd floors, 
barely grazing it. Yes. And he's yeah. showing us a video a of glancing. this plane smashing right into the fucking building. A glancing blow. Glancing yeah. blow. Nothing more. Uh, absolutely. Nothing this, more. this was the planes hitting the towers. The impact assessment brought to you by the Black Knight out of Monty Python's <laughs> Holy Grail. Those planes were just a flesh wound. Nothing more than that. The building was like, ow, fuck. <laughs> that, was, and, that really hurt. And on top of that, though, like, if it hits in the corner, like, have you ever played fucking Jenga, man? Yeah. The corner, that is really important there. Now I want to play Jenga with Dylan Avery, just pull a box out from the bottom, the whole thing falls down. He's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> Eli, he would blame my- you. Eli, he'd blame you. You're Jewish. He would definitely <laughs> blame you. He's like, I knew it. I bloody knew it. <laughs> And then he's got the whole, like, um, he literally says, if you dropped a basketball from the roof of the building at the same time it fell, it would have fallen at the same speed. The speed of fall- falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. And just, he says, if jet fuel didn't do it, what did? And I was like, is it the basketball? Am I doing this right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Just Dylan Avery and his idiot friend on the top of the building. They got the basketball. All right, so uh, what, all right, you throw the paper airplane. I'm going to drop the basketball. I'll count to 9.8. And then when it's... We'll square that we, later. Yeah, yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what does square mean? Bear in mind, there is a guy at this point as well who's talking about what happened. And he says about how he was pulling people out. And at one point he does say that the person... Oh, yeah, so I was dragging a person out of the, the basement and their skin was hanging off. So I took them over somewhere. I thought, whoa, that guy is way too casual about someone's skin hanging off. Yes. Like, Check the guy's basement for like a hole in some lotion because that guy is way too into skin not being on people. Yeah, it's more interviewing men on the street who have just been traumatized by an explosion, two explosions, debris falling down, people leaping out of the windows, and the fact that they weren't able to exactly say it, it precisely what happened is apparently enough for us to discount the official story, the one with all the research and time. So you were dragging a woman out as her skin hung off her bones. Do you remember what angle the windows were hanging <laughs> in? Was there a logo? Did you see a logo what, what on the front of the plane? What was that logo? Yeah, yeah, what was yeah. the logo? No. Feel like the worst day of your life was branded? <laughs> he says, he, even at one point, one guy says, I'll tell you that sounded like an explosion. It didn't sound like no building collapsing to me. What the fuck is the difference? What kind of life do you live? Where those two things are distinct in your mind. Mm. All right. So then he points out that when the buildings fell, it looked exactly like a controlled demolition, which is followed by newscasters saying it looked kind of like a controlled demolition. Yeah. Yeah. The the first one says it looks almost like a planned demolition. And the second one says it collapsed as if it was a demolition. It's like your own evidence is demolishing your argument. Listen to what they're saying. I just want to know, what would newscasters have had to say that it wouldn't have made Dylan suspicious? Like, well, that looks like a duck taking off from a gentle pond, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) That looks like my aunt. That looks like an airplane crashed into a building (laughs) and fell down because of the fire. Yeah, right. And also, to me, controlled demolition means series of geometric explosions starting at the bottom, working their way up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't... What the hell does it mean to him? Just falling in the direction that controlled demolitions also fall? 
Well, they do point out, he does, he does have proof of the controlled demolition at one point, and that proof is, it sounded like a controlled demolition. Well, no, that's true. And the way he proves that is showing you a video, is showing you a video footage of a sound file wave. So you say, oh, if you look here, uh, that little spike was one of the explosions. Yes! So that's not convincing <laughs> yes! to me. All right, so we're going to skip over the elevator shaft thing, because I don't know what the hell you guys call elevators here. So um, <laughs> then we turn to the real experts, the firefighters that were there on 9-11. I am not going to make fun of the firefighters that were there on 9-11, except that one guy, except the one guy who immediately they says, but if you don't believe us, let's ask the real witnesses. And they show a bunch of firefighters and this guy goes, it was like fucking boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it says, if you don't believe us, ask the firefighters. And I'll be like, don't ask the firefighters if 9-11 happens. That sounds like a really bad idea. Because, like, New York (laughs) emergency services are fucking terrifying. I was in New York in July. I walked down the street. I was wearing a Spider-Man T-shirt. I walked past a cop, and a cop said to me, hey, I like your T-shirt. Give it to me. And I thought, oh, he's joking. I thought, he's got a gun. I don't know if he's joking. I'm going to carry on walking and smiling. <laughs> what what I love about because at this point I gotta admit the movie was making me kind of sad, you know, kind of nine eleven y sad. And then you see New York cops reacting exactly the same to nine eleven as they did to Pizza Rat, just like what was going on over there, own <laughs> Yeah, but so he's trying to make the argument now that there were additional explosions, like explosions, that, explosives have been put in the building beforehand so that they could collapse each floor individually in case the 50 floors above it falling down didn't do the trick, right? Hey, uh, me again, doing 9-11 together. Heath, it's Heath. So we can either collapse it regular, you know, like just regular collapse it, but or I had an idea. We could just explode each level going down at the perfect right time. You know I love what I'm saying? It. I think I we g- need to have a meeting to plan that out. Not again. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's practice our bomb explosion. Okay, I don't think that it, this is actually a good idea. I don't, I don't see how this would be. Well, which we are definitely uh, doing, even though we're no. also hitting the buildings with I, planes and missiles. Everybody got your buttons? Yes. Yep. 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 I got my buttons. Okay. This, doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Okay, go. One, two. Explosion. No, no, no. You're four. I'm sorry, but the idea of being four really bothers me. Can I just say explosion when I push my button? You're the worst. No, no, we need to stagger the explosions. Wait, I'm sorry. When are we pushing the buttons? On your fucking number. Oh, Oh, I thought it was a countdown. Oh, my God. Countdown to what? Four? Yeah, that's why it bothered me so much. Okay, this seems like it's going to get confusing and we're all going to like press the button at the same yeah. time. Are we sure? Remember my original idea was we just do it regular. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Do, do you want to rehearse again? Do you guys want to do it one more time? No. The cues? No, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Okay. I don't think it's going to be great. Oh, well, we didn't Andy. even make an incredulous joke in that one, the Andy. Absolute fuck has my life come to. Making jokes about 9-11 and going... Those are equally offensive in his mind. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. How would collapsing the building right. help with the plot? Why would the bombs, why, why would you need to blow up the, like all the way collapse it? Like, 
Like Bush is going to invade Afghanistan. Everybody's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it was like three floors of like a few buildings. <laughs> Fucking relax. They didn't even kill any firefighters. This is America. We're very peaceful. Yes, we are. Yeah. yeah We're not yeah. just attacking Afghanistan. <laughs> we are a pacifistic to, people. Uh, to, to justify the whole uh, detonations thing, the bomb thing, they show pictures of the lobby, which, uh, which are obviously in a mess, but there's no sort or anything like that. So they use the description saying it looks like a bomb has hit it. All the witnesses say it looks like... How are they supposed to describe it? If you see a building in that state, what can you call it other than looking like a bomb sitter? I'm sorry, it looked as though violent internal pressure had catastrophically diminished the integrity of every structure, resulting in fragmented glass and every other decorative features. There was a remarkable surge of energy compressing the air and... Or did it look like a fucking bomber did it? <laughs> there is a lovely bit earlier, though, where he says, everything is covered in dust, and dust is a classic sign of a bomb having hit it. Yeah. Well, if that's true, I've got some pretty bomb-hit shelves in my <laughs> yeah, living room right, right, now. right. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you what. We are on the verge of Jet Fuel Doesn't Burn That Hot Part 2. I'm going to need a minute before we get there, so we're going to pause for a quick intermission, but first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Diddly-doo, diddly. No, 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 no. <laughs> All wrong. Sorry. You just love doing that so damn much. It's on four. We said it was on four. Jesus. Did the U.S. government pull off an inside job to take down the Twin Towers part of the Pentagon and a field in Pennsylvania? Why the fuck would they do that? If they can do that, why have they never managed to do any other thing successfully? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the bullshit conclusion of Loose Change. And then he's like, let's roll out. Oh, that is so great. Right? Nice little heroism story. I think that's going to be yeah. good. It's too bad you won't be around to see it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, no. Yeah. I murder you. Karate. Yeah. Karate. yeah. Guys, Karate. guys, guys, what are you doing? Oh, hey, boss. I came up with a good line for our fake plane thing. And then Dave, Dave tried to kill me. He knows too much now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, 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 we're the bad guys. We don't have to kill each other for knowing too much. Yeah. Wait. We don't? No. Or at least you don't. Most karate. And we're back. I think I think we're going to take another uh, intermission just so we can do that again, y'all. That was awesome. All right. So when we last left off, the narrator was shitting on dead people, Um, and we're going to pick this back up from uh, uh, with a quote from one Kevin Ryan. Kevin Ryan is an employee at Underwriters Laboratory who's going to share some of his expertise on how fucking hot jet fuel burns. Hang on. So a guy who represents the insurance firm that underwrites the inspection and testing of the steel is about to tell you about the steel. <laughs> yeah, okay. How it couldn't have Got been them. Big surprise there. Yeah, although if you look Kevin Ryan up and see what he did at the underwriting firm, it turns out he was in charge of water testing. Yes! So he's, he's not even <laughs> yes! to do with the steel. He's and, the water guy. And if you look up Underwriters Laboratories, you'll discover that that company doesn't certify steel. <laughs> There's no one in the company that does that. So, yeah. 
But more importantly, if you look up what Kevin Ryan does now, he strives to be on Be Reasonable. <laughs> Kevin, mate, give me a call. Give me a call. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. Well, and on top of that, they, there's this whole thing where they say, like, you know, he published this thing in a Nazi fucking newspaper. He published this thing, and then they fired him. Either he was wrong or it's all a cover-up. <laughs> and then we spend some more time looking at the periodic table of the elements to talk about how hot steel melts. Talk about steel, the element. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just madly scanning back and forth. <laughs> I feel like it's the eight. You guys got me the wrong table. <laughs> it's one of the tricky ones. I also love he says that uh, steel doesn't melt till 3,000 degrees. This is Fahrenheit. 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 How the f Steel's older than our ability to turn shit 3,000 degrees, right? Yeah. yeah, well, blacksmiths, obviously all blacksmiths were able to get to 3,000 <laughs> degrees right. Fahrenheit in order to make a horseshoe. <laughs> or you don't need to make it fucking molten to bend it. Maybe you focus the on the fission instead of the blacksmith stuff. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, and then we talk about the seismic activity, the suspicious seismic activity, because... How would 500,000 tons of building cause seismic activity? And we learned this, by the way, from Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory. I actually worked there. In oh, the, yeah? yes, seriously, I worked there in the he summer. Did 9-11. I, <laughs> summer of 2001. I seriously. Whoa. I see, Heath, Heath, what was the exact date that you left in 2001? <laughs> September something. <laughs> we all remember exactly where we were on 9-11. Heath? Well, I can tell you all the Jewish scientists took the summer off. They weren't there. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. The, da the data said that the buildings collapsed and behaved just like a pyroclastic flow, not a sudden collapse, which is what everybody would have expected. Um, and I, what's the point of questioning the seismic reading anyway? Are we now questioning whether the buildings actually fell over? <laughs> right! I mean, is it that David Copperfield pulling his Statue of Liberty <laughs> shit all over again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Eli's a magician, so he doesn't like it when I tell you how people do, how magicians do tricks. You know how David Copperfield did that trick? Spoiler. No. Perspective. No. So... The answer it was, was the Jews, magic. wasn't it, Noah? It yeah. was the Jews. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> the Jews to move the Statue of Liberty. The Jews did move the Statue of Liberty. I know those Jews. <laughs> <laughs> the last time Jews did physical labor. <laughs> right. I can only say that because you guys have a worse history with the Jews than America, so... <laughs> well... It's, well yeah, let's, at this point, it's like... Well, <laughs> we never kicked all of them out. Okay, so, all right. Now we're going to move on to the molten steel that was found uh, months later at the site, except... Nope. 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 According <laughs> to the Nazis, it was found there. Yes. Yeah, according yeah, to right. AFP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, now we're going to dig a little bit further into this whole controlled demolition theory, uh, which he says, again, he goes, in this video, you can see, clearly see flashes going off on the floors before the collapse. Which, by which he means that as the 90th story collapses, you can see a poof of shit coming out from the 80th yeah. story window. 
Well, he does start this by saying, do you still think jet yes, fuel brought yes. down the World Trade Centers? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh, sorry, you were carrying on from that. I thought that was a, a legitimate question. Okay, no, yes, yes, I do. Yes, yeah. yeah. Also, in his mind, was it a sentient blob of jet fuel? Because he still hasn't gone jet fuel plus plane. He's only yeah. going planes, jet fuel. He hasn't done the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah. Separate incidents. So yeah, and then of course he, he he to show you these these flashes, he says, as you can clearly see, when I zoom Wait, into five man. pixels and I dim <laughs> out everything else and I highlight yeah. this little circle, you can clearly see a white pixel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it. And this is his way of saying that it's amazing that as this building is falling, there are explosions out to the side. What could that be? And it's like, you can blow this guy's mind by blowing up an empty crisp packet by just like hitting it up. Yes, Where right. did all that come from? What happened there? Where did you put a sound bomb coming in there? from on this accordion? Yeah, what he's describing is literally how like a bicycle pump works. Yes. Like, yes. Just Dylan with a bicycle pump in his dick hole. No, it's going down, so it won't get me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then he goes, now you're probably asking. (laughs) What are you guys probably asking? Yeah. Only one question on my mind at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So what he assumed we were probably asking, it's not what we were asking, was if there were bombs in the building, how did they get there? For me, what I was asking was how many more times am I going to have to freeze frame my way through an atrocity? And also, why am I friends with Noah, Heath, and Eli? (laughs) And those questions were very close together. Those are very close together. And he doesn't address those at all. So apparently, according again to Nazis, they were having blowing up the building drills almost weekly leading up to that. He says something about how they cut the security cameras. And they cut the power. Yes. This is my, one of my, I think it's my favorite crazy lie in the movie. He's just like, yeah, floors 33 through 74, no power that day. (laughs) And it's like, really? Nobody noticed that the floors 33 through 74 had no power (laughs) the morning of (laughs) 9-11? Guys just standing there waiting for the elevator. This is Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm taking the stairs. Oh, the building's falling on me. Of course it is. <laughs> one of those days. Or did he mean after the airplane hit? Yeah, he's right. He's right. They didn't. They didn't. The thing is, well, he says that the video cameras on top of the towers on 9-11 were working. And I thought, is that rare? Because what does he think those video cameras would show? Like guys setting off the bombs by hand and then standing there as the towers fell? <laughs> right. Like what are they going to show on that morning? Just guys in burglar, the black and white spy standing there taking selfies with the cameras. <laughs> They're Jews. They got big. Oh, God. Black and white spy. So, yeah, they cut the security cameras. They did the uh, blowing up the building drills. They even pulled out all of the uh, bomb-sniffing dogs. Well, no, I'm sorry. They had extra bomb-sniffing dogs, and then they just dialed it back to the usual number. (laughs) Yeah, they were abruptly removed on the 6th. And it's like, if they weren't there normally, it's not abruptly removing them. (laughs) It's just removing them. It doesn't have to be being done. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. 
But I love how in Dylan Avery's mind, the evil plotters of 9-11 were like, look, I'm going to kill 3,000 plus people with 9-11, but I'm not killing some puppy dogs. <laughs> yeah. But as well, they say that all of the security measures that had disrupted the, tw the Twin Towers had been going on for weeks, but the, do the dogs were brought out on the 6th. So it's like, well, hang on. Were the dogs not sniffing the bombs the week before? Because if the bombs been going in for like two weeks and they've only been out for five days, what were those dogs? Were the dogs in on it? Yeah, well, right. were the dogs part of the conspiracy? <laughs> well, they, they planted the right amount of bombs so that only an extra amount of the dogs <laughs> yes. would catch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he thinks bomb dogs just means they're explosive. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. But he also says this attack was pulled off with military precision, which is why me and Schooly and Nick the One DJ figured it out. <laughs> and, and also, he, he points out at, the, at this point, he goes like, and if it wasn't an inside job, why would they have toted all the debris away so quickly? Like they were doing something else with Soho? Yeah, yeah. Like he wanted, to, like he's like, why didn't we go through all the debris? And I thought, yeah, I want Dylan Avery to have to go through every scrap of debris. <laughs> Not only that, I want him to sort it by size and color. I want him to really get to grips with what was left. We don't need to sift through the debris to see what happened anyway. It's fucking obvious. Heartbreaking obvious what happened. It's on film. But if in that debris there are any cherries... Fucking Dylan Avery will find them, I promise yeah, you. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Or if there's any corn. Um, <laughs> and then we get, okay, so now it's time to talk about Pennsylvania, the Flight 93. This is the one that went down in Pennsylvania, the one that didn't make its target. And, and what are they saying? They're saying the inside job included an extra plane that they were going to shoot down the whole time? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I want to be there for that planning meeting. <laughs> All right, two cans of photo radio spray. And power bars. And fucking power bars. And that is it. Excellent, gentlemen. That's everything we need for the most complex false flag ever. Sorry, did you, did you say three planes or was it four? Uh, no, no, it was four. What's the fourth plane for? A spare Plane? Did you just say a spare plane? Really? A spare plane? It's fine. It's fine. We'll, uh, we'll just shoot it down over, over a field in Pennsylvania. Wait. It'll be fine. What? Absolutely fine. What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Well, we need to get rid of it. Would, no. Okay. So maybe we don't crash in the middle of a field then, though? Like, maybe we crash it in the ocean or, like, on another day? I mean, or just I'm already going to be out. And about where? What are you on doing? the eleventh? It it feels like yeah. making two trips would be a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. does it? The would... Two two trips is a lot. That's Look, the that's the sticking point. Gentlemen, yeah. gentlemen, the we'll, second trip. Gentlemen, we'll crash the plane in a field. We'll make up a highly specific and verifiable story about people taking it over, and nobody will think twice about how long it's been since an episode of Incredulous has come out. <laughs> oh damn you! <laughs> Why we need the spare plane, right? Just, just feels like you're going through a lot of trouble for this incredulous you thing. You don't I mean, get I mean, my tweets. Okay, okay, okay. This is a bad plan. We're bad at planning these. <sighs> Organize a skeptical conference, Andy. Give us another fucking free show, Andy. That's you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> 
That's where he draws the fucking line. <laughs> I also love the mayor. They, they have this quote from the mayor of Shanksville, Pennsylvania, which is the nearest town to where it came down. And, um, <laughs> and his quote is, I know two witnesses. I'm not going to name them, but they heard a missile. They live in Canada. It was at camp. You wouldn't know them. Yeah. But trust me. <laughs> trust me. I've had some witnesses. Yeah, this is where they play various clips of people who have conflicting evidence of what happened on that day. And they actually go to, like, for, for reliable evidence, they go to a clip from Howard Sternshaw. Yes! From a caller calling into Howard Sternshaw, you know, presumably right after an interview with a porn star on a Sibian. Yeah. And just before Donald Trump called in to uh, admit to yet another sexual assault. This is the <laughs> evidence they're going for here. He goes at one point, he's like, but you don't have to trust me. Let's talk to the eyewitnesses. And I just so wanted it to cut to him holding the microphone in front of a skeleton or something. <laughs> <laughs> One of those eyewitnesses was uh, a lady who claimed the missile was 50 feet above her but hardly made any sound. Uh, the narrator changed this to no sound for the film. Um, but she also says it was white with no markings on it, so it was definitely military. It just had that look. Uh, did she mean it had a buzz cut? Anyway, her, <laughs> her, her witness account... Um, says that uh, she saw an explode heard an explosion yet if you just google her name the first video that comes up she explicitly says she didn't hear an explosion she remembered that she heard an explosion two days later it's worse than that the, the text they have on screen they have like text from the eyewitnesses and then they got the next eyewitness and they scroll up all the text and I watched that scrolling in freeze frame and pause again and it's like some of that text actually says there's a guy uh, who one of the people they quote told the mirror that he saw the, the flight heading towards the ground at 45 degrees and it suddenly banked and hit the ground and it's like your own video proves your argument wrong you're just not relying on people actually watching it fuck you you made me pause your video and read this shit <laughs> and it wasn't even moving fast when he saw it no, yeah no. Yeah, so then they, they start talking about how the FBI moved in uh, on uh, at Flight 93 and wouldn't let anyone in. He says in the fucking movie, the FBI was treating this like a crime scene. <laughs> how the fuck would they do that? <laughs> and he kind of makes a claim here that, like, there weren't enough plane parts around and that not enough people saw planes and, like, people still with their belt fashioned in the upright, like a thing in the upright position. And you just have to wonder, does Dylan Avery think planes like explode apart like they're in the Lego movie? Like what? <laughs> How much plane did Dylan want to see? What is his argument here? This comes up an awful lot, but he's saying there's very little debris. So is he saying there wasn't a plane or there was a plane and it didn't crash? What the fuck is he even saying at this point? He doesn't make it clear at all. No. No, and, and, and we should, spoiler alert, that's this movie, right? Yes. It's, it's an equation that stops right before it gets to the equals. There is no way to assemble all that. We tried to do it at Platinum Night. Nobody could do it. We couldn't assemble an idea that would, like, actually fit into all of the bullshit at once, right? Then we cut to some text from Osama bin Laden. Because, look, if you can't <laughs> trust Donald Rumsfeld, who can you trust? Osama yeah. bin Laden. Yeah. The only more trustworthy source than the callers on Howard Stern, yeah, apparently. Distrust everything the U.S. <laughs> government ever tells you. By the way, here's some text from Osama bin Laden. I want you to take it face value, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Although I did wonder, like, if, 
if a Kavanaugh supporter saw this, do they have to suddenly become agnostic on 9-11? Oh, conflicting reports. Oh, Morgan, no. Innocent man's lives being ruined over this now. And the he he hypnotized that. himself to do to think he had oh, done 9-11. That's why he confesses on that video. So right before we left, a newspaper actually interviewed Eli about the story that was going around in the right-wing media that one of the Democrats hypnotized Dr. Ford into making the claim ah. that she was sexually assaulted. There was a newspaper that had felt the need to debunk that. And if you have not heard the broken spirit of the American press over the phone, tune in. This was the entire call. <laughs> so as someone who has done hypnotism, would you say that that's possible? No. Yep. <laughs> Okay, are you drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking. <laughs> Do you know anyone who wants to go to Paris with me? <laughs> okay, but seriously, does... All right, so then he goes, when this evidence is presented to people, you get one of many questions. Yes, yeah, and I was like, yes. Yeah, when you show this to people, you get one of many questions like, why are you yelling? You know, like, How did you get into my house? And are those sick beats by Nick the One DJ? What? Did you just throw a smoke bomb? Why are you crawling away on your elbows? What are you doing? All right, so then we dive into the black box thing, you know, the black boxes from crashed airplanes. They claim at one point that seven of the eight black boxes were not found. That's not fucking true. Oh, no. This is making shit up. But the ones wouldn't... that were crushed under 500,000 tons of building, they never found. All the other ones, they were, were recovered. Yeah, but they won't give them to Dylan Avery. <laughs> yes, so. right. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does go to town on the black box thing, even going as far as to read out the specifications of the makeup of a black box. Yeah. He, ha he makes out that they're so indestructible they're basically Wolverine's left testicle. That's how <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> indestructible they are. And it's like, so to sum up, when people ask questions about this film, I start reading off statistics about black boxes until they forget they asked any questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what he's doing yes. here. No, they're made of vibranium. It was Israel and Wakanda. <laughs> well, <laughs> so if you wrap the vibranium in adamantium... Then oh. you're that's because you got to be able to. Where's my periodic table? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, th and this is also where he's like, oh, isn't it so such a coincidence? Because one of the ways that they identified one of the uh, hijackers is they found his passport, right? And he's like, oh, a black box get gets destroyed, but a passport survives. And his actual words are a passport made out of a material known as. Paper. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. It's from New York. It's traded on the New York Stock Exchange. So, so they're saying we planted a passport of a Saudi Arabian guy so we could invade Iraq and Afghanistan. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's exactly that was the, plan. the plan. Exactly it's the plan. Great double bluff again. All right. And now, okay. Now, if you recall your 9-11 your uh, history, you might recall that the people on this flight that he's saying never crashed in Pennsylvania or maybe crashed in Pennsylvania or was a missile. I don't even fucking <clears throat> know. Shot it down. But if you recall, those people, a number of them made cell phone calls from the plane. So now he has to explain away that evidence as well. 
this this phone call stuff is really really fucking depressing and really distressing so they point out like uh inaccuracies in people's phone calls so for example there's one woman who says like oh my god i see water i see buildings and they say oh it's as if she'd never seen the manhattan skyline before it's like well or as if she never you know anticipated becoming a permanent part of the manhattan skyline <laughs> right that's probably more likely what's happening here right well and that's the really fucked up thing is because you're listening to people who are about to die Yes. And then hearing Dylan Avery go, this asshole here, am I right? He's even not even, he's not even talking to his mom right. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy who like uh, uses both his names when he's talking to his mom. So he's like, I'm Michael Marshall, mom. So like, when was the last time you talked to your mom like that? He's like, well, when was the last time I talked to my mom when I was fucking dying on a plane? <laughs> That's right. What, what is your argument? That the FBI or whoever has perfected such perfect voice mimicry technology that they can make your mom think it's you, but they've forgotten how people talk to their mums and right. made them use both names. Right. That's where they were on this fucking what if they really wanted to simulate a phone call with the, with your mum it should have been like yeah yeah hi mum yes no no i'm i'm just on a plane right now mum yep yep no it's, it's gonna hit a building mum yeah love you yeah no i will call next week yes right yeah bye <laughs> sorry That's sorry mom. Call your mom i have to roll it's time to roll apparently mom it's heath it's mom. heath oh my god he's <laughs> <laughs> enright he's enright it's heath enright heath enright your name's Enright. We yeah, did 9 11 together. <laughs> and the thing is, they say, like, oh, they, but they could only do it for a short while, which is why lots of these phone calls are really short. Like, this one guy makes a phone call and then he stops really quickly and then he calls back and then he stops really quickly. And the thing is, while he's saying this, if you pause it again, you can see basically the transcript of the call he's talking about, and he can get fucked. Because that transcript is basically where he says, oh, it looks like they've stabbed someone, I'll call you back. Oh, it looks like it was the pilot and he's dying, I'm going to call you back. And then he calls one more time, and his wife says, oh, they've flown, he says, I, I think they're going to land the building, land the plane somewhere. And he says, oh, and his wife says, no, they've flown a, the, a plane into a building, and that's probably what they're going to do. And he says, oh, in that case, we're going to try and stop this. I'll call you back. Like, that's why the calls were short. He was yeah. trying not to fucking die. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, fuck off. Hold on, it's my turn in words with friends. Let me call you back. <laughs> I'm going to get an X on a triple-triple. It's going to fucking kick ass. Just calling your wife from the 9-11 planes. You sleep? <laughs> no. These are great phone calls we have. And, and Such then, a good technology. We, yeah. And then we get this bit, and this is quite fucking amazing, where he starts to tell us that the hijackers still walk among us. Where he puts up pictures of the hijackers and he's like, this guy, this hijacker works at a such and such factory and wherever. This guy works at a library and wherever. And apparently this comes from the fact that it never occurred to him that two Muslims could have the same name. Yeah, yeah. He introduces this by saying, the funniest thing is, nine of them are still alive. And I thought, that's an odd definition of what constitutes funny. <laughs> and then I thought, I'm currently on a panel taking the piss out of a national atrocity. <laughs> I have not got a good barometer for what is appropriate comedy. Quit, quit pointing that out, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fired. He's sending everything down. <laughs> oh, there's even a point where they're, they're talking about the... Um, the uh, terrorists he's like beforehand they stayed at such and such a hotel which is right next to the nsa what the fuck is that supposed so the nsa's in on this but 
They can pay for all of the buildings and the airplanes. They just want to want to pay for a lot of bus fare. Yeah, back yeah. And we, forth. we can't afford the taxi expenses. Yeah, that's not going to happen. This. Yeah. Want to be there when they're checking those guys in, though? Really, right next door? <laughs> you don't think that this is? Oh, they sent a pizza. That's nice. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I also love that uh, Robert Mueller made a little cameo in here, too. Yeah, it was like when they saw celebrities before they were famous. I know yeah, that guy. Right, I didn't right. know he was in this. Wow. He went on to be Cliff Cleveland. Leonardo DiCaprio when he's doing commercials. Robert Mueller when he wasn't our last hope to stopping Satan. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that even that Robert Mueller is so awesome that he even shows up as the voice of reason in Loose Change, right? Because they come up and they're going like, Robert Mueller said they might have been using fake names. <laughs> That's it. Like, there's no argument back. He's like, no, I, I, we didn't think of that. But he, he might as well get it, fired man. by the movie. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> you're done. All right. And then we have one more big piece of evidence we've got to deal with. He talks about the, you know, the videotape where Osama bin Laden admits that he did 9-11 that we've all seen. That was a fake Osama bin Laden, you see. And we can tell because if it was the real Osama bin Laden, it would have been high def. He was a high def kind of guy. Yeah. Yes. yes. In a movie full of two frames filled with one <laughs> pixel, he goes, guys, I don't want to be this person, but this quality video is kind of <laughs> shit. <laughs> The thing is, well, they show that it's not the real Osama bin Laden because they take a still from that video and they put it on screen with like four other pictures of Osama bin Laden on the screen and it looks like the weirdest remake of the Brady Bunch. (laughs) 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 But Alice is still in there. It's still the maid. She's still there. Jihadi Bunch. (laughs) And And also, by the way, as you may have guessed, all pictures look identical yes except one is moving right that's it and then he starts going like as you can see this guy's wearing a gold watch and a gold ring not only is that anti-muslim or is that against the rules in muslimness but also the fbi report doesn't say anything about him wearing a watch i looked up some more videos sometimes he wears a ring sometimes he wears a watch sometimes he doesn't um a bit like the producer of this film who sometimes has his finger so far up his ring (laughs) (laughs) that he looks like he's digging out a fucking bullet (laughs) or ought to be at least i I love the way i love the idea that the way you identify osama bin laden is just by naught by naught what is on the fbi's website it's like well this guy looks a lot like him yeah he's got the beard he looks an awful lot like him oh hang on hang on does the website say he's wearing pants Oh, no, this guy's in pants. Let let him go, guys. Let him go, boys. This doesn't mention pants anywhere on the website. And then, okay, so we get that quote, and then he comes in and he goes, you know, I know it's hard to believe that I'm not full of shit. Yep. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, you had no (laughs) follow-up? No. Were you done? And cut, and they cut. (laughs) Well, he goes, I know it's hard to believe that the government would kill 3,000 people, but... Once you start believing it, it's easy to believe. Yeah, yeah. 
once you just accept it. That the only thing to do is just accept it. So this is why I think it's tricky for us to argue with these people by, by being reasonable. So the only thing you can do is, by, is to be even more unreasonable. So when you talk to someone who's a 9-11 truther, who's like, oh, you know, the, the government did it, or there were never any planes, it was a missile, you go like, what? You believe there were ever even towers? Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> there were never any towers there. Jesus. <laughs> Wake up and smell the insurance scam. <laughs> it's the only way. Beat them at their own game. Talking of uh, be reasonable, did anybody here listen to that episode with Lee Rabello? Yeah, this was worse. Watching this film was worse than the benchmark episode with Leo Rabello. On the other hand, I did get to hear the narrator suggest we should all be heroes, like the victims on Flight 93. And there weren't any, of course. Right! Who uh, yeah. responded to, let's roll with a final fight back. The exact situation he said didn't happen just moments earlier. Yeah, right. He says, 90, Flight 93, that's all bullshit, but we should act like those fictional... Yes. But wait, hold on. Heroes, hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. And that's it, right? That's where the movie ends. Uh, like, in his, uh, in his um, uh, pre-release stuff, he says, uh, we don't... Uh, this is the director, Corey Rowe. Um, we don't um, we don't ever come out and say that everything we say is a hundred percent. We know there are errors in the documentary. Wait for it, and we've actually left them in there so people will discredit us and do the research for themselves. Teach do the, the controversy. Yeah. Yeah. He was wrong on purpose. The, the only perfect director is Allah. You've got to leave an error in there because the only perfect director is Allah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pocket then, sand. <laughs> the documentary. <laughs> and then there's also this, like, and this is after the movie, but it comes up like, for more information, check these websites. <laughs> and they're all like myspace.com slash Tony D slash pics slash 9-11 or something. The final one, and my favorite, PlaguePuppy.net. You can, you, can, you can buy it. It's available. <laughs> yeah, I checked as well. I yeah, considered it's buying available. it. I did oh, consider buying so it. Nobody has it. it. <laughs> one of the most widely distributed films in history. <laughs> all right, guys. We're, and illegal means we're in on this. We're going to buy all of those crazy. websites. Yeah, awesome. We're, we're proud. Yeah. We've got this all Awesome. All right. So to close things off tonight, I have a question that's plagued people since this movie's debut. The filmmakers have never explained why the movie is called Loose Change. But since they're such big fans of drawing conclusions based on insufficient data, I figured we could explain it to you once and for all. So, fellas, why is this movie called Loose Change? Uh, well, as you all know, this was crowdfunded by Dylan Avery, and uh, he was told that Big Issue wasn't a good name for the movie, so <laughs> went with Loose Change instead. Uh, because loose change is the lowest version of value. It's what you toss. <laughs> it's what you toss to a homeless person to feel better about yourself when you're drunk walking to the taxi rank. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because uh, when you point out that this movie is full of shit the filmmaker will just loosely change the contents of the film <laughs> to hide those details and show something else entirely. That's where it is. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm thinking it's because when a building collapses of natural causes, uh, a bunch of coins shoot out like Mario got hit by a Goomba. <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break from the live show because while that does it for our review of Loose Change, it's not going to do it for the episode just yet. We still need to, I don't know, tickle your fancy for next week. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. 
A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Oh, good. Um, good. A, a, a I documentary by the guy who Buzz Aldrin punched. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 165 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Andy Marsh and all of London, especially the parts that came to our show. Also, a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that helped make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us done by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist Citation Needed and The Skeptic Guide, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. All the other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll return you to London for the Breakfast Club Close. Dylan Avery, maker of this movie, was eventually assassinated by the U.S. government using a nuclear bomb while he was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Eli eventually didn't believe this movie anymore. Hey. The 9-11 mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani, went on to have a glittering career in politics and the law. <laughs> Andy Wilson has spent 17 years thinking these attacks happened on the 9th of November. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. How about you, Heath? Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I, I, I should have known better than to sit the two of you guys next to each other again. I keep making that mistake. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.